0: welcome to the depth chart podcast my name is freddie maggard i'm joined by uh nick roush in louisville nick how are you doing sir
1: i'm doing well how about yourself today freddie
0: i'm doing good uh uh, i took ellie yesterday and we adopted a cat from the Humane Society in Lexington. So I am now a cat owner. Uh, wow. Yeah, Daisy May is her name. She's three months old. And we brought her home last night with a shopping cart full of stuff for her. You know, I had to get the whole gear, man. I had to get the, the house, the scratching thing. Oh, food, of course. Food and water bowl, uh, toys, mm-hmm. food. Uh, you name it. So, I'm a cat owner, man. I like it. Uh, much easier than than dogs. I mean, they don't do a lot. You know, they just kind of sit around and do
1: nothing. Yeah, yeah they um, – I, I I feel like they – I mean, you have the one downside, the litter box. Litter boxes are, are pretty gross. Um, yeah. But aside from that, like, you know, that's not too bad, right? No, I mean –
0: you know, I mean, Ellie's happy, so I'm happy. You know what, what? What was the name of that movie? Meet the Parents when they trained that cat to use the toilet. That that's my goal is uh, is to train Daisy Mae to to use the toilet. So if I get that done, then I'll, I'll go down in the Hall of Fame of of animal trainers. So okay. hopefully, I can get that done. But no, man, she's cool. I mean, she just she's just sitting here right now, looking at me like, you know, what are you doing? What are you talking about? So. Well, you, uh, it's you just gotta good, hope man.
1: that she don't start playing with like the headphones. That's when it, you get oh, in trouble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I got her some cool toys, so she should be good to go.
1: Are you okay, a dog good.
0: or a cat person, Nick? Uh,
1: I'm a dog person. Uh, you ever had about. a cat? Uh, it, it's been the. Um, it, it's always been for me the allergies. Allergies don't oh, don't do well okay. for me. Yeah, so um, yeah. Yeah, so that that's why it's never been a something that I've done kind of deal. You know, you know,
0: one thing before we get into football talking about cats and dogs and humane society, adopting a pet is a process, man. I mean, it, it is a serious yeah, process. They are gonna give to go it to just
1: some jackaloon, you know.
0: I like that, man. I think that's awesome. I you know, I had no idea it was that a, that detailed of a process. So um I liked it. I think it's great. That, that, the, that the animals are given to folks that uh, can provide a good home. And, mm-hmm. and I appreciated the, the thoroughness of the Humane Society and I actually made a little donation to them yesterday. So uh, I'm all in. So I'm a cat man now, Nick Rouse. So
1: nice, nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, my life has changed. Uh, the next topic I want to get to is it's is, is, is the time of year when a lot of folks are sending me tape, video, film, whatever, of prospects to, to evaluate. Right. And, and I like to do that and, and I never turn anybody down. I'm, mean, you know, I always give my honest opinion and, and I get several, you know, sometimes several a day that people want me to take a look at, mm-hmm. but here's the deal. If you send me video of shorts, t-shirts seven on seven with a little goofy bicycle hats, I ain't gonna watch it. I am not. I'm not gonna, and that's that's not to offend anybody, but I ain't gonna watch it. <clears throat> it's not worth my time because I mean, not real football. Well, the, the quarterback takes takes a drop, and he's got four seconds to make a read, and make a pass. Right? Mm-hmm. What's the threat to? What is the threat there that the buzzers is going to be too loud after four seconds and hurt his ears? I mean, it, there's no. that's you can't evaluate a quarterback, in my opinion, at the level that I like to evaluate players if it's not real football. Because if there's no threat of the rush, you don't have you, you can't see the, the quarterback avoid the rush, uh, scramble, and you can't see that, then, then it's 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 just you can't do that. I, I've seen quarterbacks that are all Americans in 707 and, and, and routes against there and all that. Now, you put a pass rush against some of these guys, they couldn't play dead in the Western. So, same way with receivers. I mean, what's the threat? You don't have Mel- a Melvin Johnson-type player over there that's going to run through your ear hole. So, there's there's no threat there. I've seen receivers that on the track and in routes against the air, et cetera, you know, are legit 4-4 guys. Now, you put somebody bumping them at the line of scrimmage where they have to, to beat the corner off the line of scrimmage to get into the route and then go over the middle where there's a threat of a of a use of Corker or Melvin Johnson or Travis Tisdale out there, mm-hmm. it changes the game. So, And then same with, with one-on-one pass rush and all that. It, it, it's just not, you know. So, listen, I appreciate all film that you sent, and I will watch and I will give my honest assessment. But please make sure that that film is in pads, in a game, from high school i'm not i i just i just refuse to watch the other stuff i'm sorry
1: and i would like to add that i will not watch any film because uh as much as i like to think that i know football uh my opinion just ask your coach
0: right? yeah oh yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> your coach knows yeah.
1: much better than me i'll yeah i'll, I'll do some kid who's you know kentucky's recruiting just because it's kind of fun but i'm yeah i don't watch that much high school film i don't know you know i yeah i will say freddie i still remember my first um my first uk practice back and this is when Joker was coaching and i was just shocked by the speed the size well hell that wasn't even comparable to what they have now so my perspective on size speed all that it's been i've been out of the high school game for so long it's all it's it's a little skewed you know yeah i'm I'm used to watching sec football which is basically like nfl football so it's a little it's gotten a little bit more difficult for me to to tell you know especially if kids are playing kind of small school ball and uh, yeah you know it's just yeah, you 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 have to project yeah
0: you have to project you know with josh allen you know he was a what 215 218 pound Hand in the dirt, defensive end. You had to project with that frame. You know, you had to project him at two fifty, stand him up at that jack linebacker position, and then evaluate. I mean, it, it goes across the board for every position like that. And and I enjoy evaluating tape. I mean, I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I just I just can't do the the shorts, t shirt, and bicycle helmet circuit. It just I I get nothing from it. So uh, if you're, if you're gonna send me tape, send me actual football game tape. And, mm-hmm. and I'll look at it, but I, I just, I you know, I had to, I had to nip that in the bud. I couldn't do it anymore, man. So just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> Spring practice is getting ready to start up, Nick. Um, mm-hmm. You, I, me, you, everybody's guilty of this, of putting out pre-spring practice depth charts. Yep. But let's be honest, that's clickbait because it's all guesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are sure starters. Now you can pencil, you can Sharpie in, Chris Rodriguez, Darren Kennard, Luke Fortner. We're just talking offense today on, about spring practice. Mm-hmm. Luke Fortner, Darren Kennard, Chris Rodriguez, Josh Ali, Wandel Robinson. Even though we, I, want, I loved, I want to watch him in the blue and white. Um, other than that, I mean, they're they, you know Justin Riggs slash Keaton Upshaw. You can sharpie right, those right. guys in, but there's there are going to be some some critical position battles in spring practice. Now I will say this and I'm the world's worst about it. So I'm talking to myself here. I'm not talking to anybody else. We can't get ahead of ourselves in spring practice, Mm -hmm. especially on the offensive side of the football, because it's going to be a lot of install. It's going to be a lot of learning the system. It's going to be learning how to huddle. It's going to be learning how the plays come in from the sideline or the press box. And it's going to be a total different operation. So there's a lot of things that's going to have to be learned before you can really see what's going to happen with that offense. And I will say this as well: football, college football has changed so much since I played. It used to be, Nick, spring practice was when okay, that depth chart was set. I mean, if you, you know, if you didn't, if you're not in the top two after spring practice, then then you're not going to be in the top two starting fall camp, which led to the game. It's different now. College football is a year-round cycle. It's a year-round process. So the team is right now in winter workouts where they can also meet with their coaches and do system install. We're talking offense here. Leading into spring practice, then you get, what, 15 practices or so, and then it's culminated with the blue-white game. All right? Used to be that was it until fall camp, but that's, that's not the case anymore. You have winter or summer workouts, which is which have always been there, but it's different now. Coaches have certain times during the year and certain and a certain allotted amount of time to do hand on hands-on coaching during the summer months leading up to fall camp. So you get the evaluation process of spring practice, then you get the evaluation process of summer workouts with the coaches when allowed that leads into fall camp. So it's a process. So I'm going to have to talk to myself down about getting overly excited about a player at a position, overly excited, overhyped, overplay certain decisions that are made or move personnel moves, because it's easy to fall into that trap. And I am the world's worst with it. So I'm going to try to try to not do that this spring
1: yeah but we're going to get carried away at some point yeah absolutely you know it's it's inevitable um so i'm but to your to your point though freddie it is going to be a spring that's what's the word i'm looking for productive yeah like i don't i don't know how much we're going to get out of them learning the playbook so i i'll just be interested how the kind of it'll be it'll be new for all of us because over the last four years it's been kind of same old same old this changing it up just the vibe from it that should be exciting it really it really should be just to have something different having something new um and and that should change up the way that they practice um what they've done the last four years you know
0: I'm, i'm as interested in the process as i am the result uh of how plays are going to be signaled in Uh, personnel groupings uh, you know 11 personnel 12 personnel I mean what are we going to see I'm interested in seeing uh, like I said that there are certain positions that are going to be up for competition and the first chance to earn a job will be spring practice and those positions I mean we've talked about it before and, and I think the 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 build-up, the anticipation of a quarterback competition is new for us. We've not had that in a few years. So mm-hmm. uh, that is exciting That leading into spring practice. And we'll start with that position because we're, we'll just talk about the positions that are, that are up for competition. First and foremost, at quarterback, you have Bo Allen, and then you have Joey Gatewood. One of those two could separate during the spring, but, but not likely. Uh, because they're going to be doing a lot of install, a lot of a lot of uh, learning the system, learning the plays, and 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 I think I think especially uh, with the Penn State transfer uh, Levis, uh, it's going to fall. It's going to, the quarterback competition is going to bleed over into fall camp. We'll see from that point, but it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to me to watch Bo and Joey compete for the job. Because they're going to be asked to do things that most likely they've never done before. Little things,
1: mm-hmm. hand
0: and arm signals. Possibly, I don't know. Hand and arm signals uh, from the sideline. Because you got to remember, Cohen's coming from the National Football League, where the offensive coordinator and the off can, uh, has a microphone that goes directly to the quarterback's helmet. That's how you call plays. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have that microphone in college. You don't have that. Speaker system from coordinator to quarterback's helmet. So how how are those plays going to going to get into the onto the field? And then Bo and Joey are going to have to learn what a huddle is. You know, uh, it's not been used in a while. Huddles when the quarterback the the offense gathers behind the line of scrimmage, (laughs) the quarterback comes in, calls the personnel formation play. And snap count, they break and go to the line scrimmage. It's a new concept, but little things like that. I want to see who handles that the best. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, quarterback is – anytime you have a quarterback competition, spring practice, uh, the interest in spring practice automatically elevates.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, And and it goes back to, too, some of it's just like I would like to see them – pass the ball or something like that yeah. fun you know just something different uh and also just to hear from bo i mean yeah you know, has he ever he's never even stood at the podium you know so well, yeah we've not the, heard
0: a lot from joey either
1: exactly so um man it's a, it's just all new uh, there, yeah. there's a lot of newness to it and like you said it, it, the newness is going to generate excitement
0: the next position uh that there's there With Drake Jackson leaving and then uh, Landon Young leaving, two longtime starters at center and at tackle, there are going to be positions along the big blue wall that, that are going to have to be filled. And all accounts that we've heard and read is that Darian Kennard is moving from right tackle to left. So the right tackle position uh, will be one that's, that's going to have competition. Uh, lost in the mix, as, as far as projected projections at that position, is the fact that Nasir Watkins is coming back from injury and he's played a lot of snaps. He's actually started some games, so uh, I think I think he'll get first look at right tackle but based on his experience. Uh, then you have Jeremy Flax. Uh, I'm DeAndre also curious if,
1: if Watkins is going to be back this spring too. Yeah, you know? me too. If
0: if he is, if he is back. Uh, right, right. I mean, you, you're going to have to pencil him pencil him in as an initial starter. Uh, I want to see where they play John Young. I, I want to see where he is. Is he inside or is he outside? And that that's something of interest. And then uh, the one that really fascinates me is where would Jagger Burton play? Mm-hmm. Um, he can play at the college level, all five spots on the offensive line. So is he going to be – the Swiss Army knife of of, in, of this offensive line, or will will he be put in a spot and say, okay, this this is it. You learn this position, Jagger. Jagger's football IQ and his knowledge of the game, he, he can learn multiple positions. Right now, Luke Fortner is is the person is the lineman that can play center and both guard spots. I think you're going to see Jagger Burton fall in line with that but i'd like to see him settle in he is a prototypical right tackle in this system but he, project, he projects at guard it's going to be interesting to see where jagger finishes up during spring practice
1: i um i did go to the uh the the school of hard knocks Freddie um yeah. if y'all didn't know I went to the school of hard knocks and at that school i learned that um, pretty much all the, especially Wolford, when he was talking, versatility is very important for an offensive lineman. However, it's the that's like, uh, you, you know, crawl before you walk, right? Well, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm learning that right now. Almost got a walking baby. He's close. He's not there all the way yet. <laughs> um, but he's crawling. And Jagger's got to crawl first at one spot. They'll start yeah. to let him walk around, you know, after the spring. But you got to figure out one spot right away. Uh, that first, I mean, Freddie. Those first few weeks of, uh, you know, the the practice for those freshmen, like it's it's there's so much adjusting going on. I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to be unlike any sort of football they've done before. So you know, he'll he'll eventually get in that Swiss Army roll, uh, Swiss Army knife roll, but you know, I, I, at least not until summer camp. You know,
0: he. Uh, you bring up a good point. <laughs> you can tell the difference in veterans and first-time participants in spring practice on how they how they look. Like, Luke Fortner's going into his sixth spring practice, right? <laughs> if he was an earlier – at least his fifth.
1: Oh, man, yeah.
0: He'll roll out there with jersey, maybe gloves, you know, that because his hands – you know, lineman hands get beat up. And the sold out, you know, yeah, some the, of them, the, yeah. The freshmen, or the newcomers that come out, gloves, sweatbands, arm or uh, elbow braces, I mean, they'll, they'll have everything that their equipment room has just to look cool, you know. But the veterans that come out there, like Kennard and, and Luke, and they'll just be, okay, let's, let's get this done. But, yeah, right tackle is a position. The guard opposite of Luke Fortner is another position that's open, Austin Dotson, Kenneth Horsey experienced players uh that uh, that will compete there and provide depth on the interior of the offensive line a player that i'm fascinated with is rj adams i really liked his film coming out of high school he was a four-star player from virginia not heard a lot about him mm-hmm. i i i want to watch him work in spring practice you know if we if practice is ever open and we get to go see it R.J. Adams is, is a player that I'm going to focus in on to see where he is. And then you have Eli Cox there also uh, to work in their center position. Drake Jackson has snapped the football for a long time before him. John tow snapped the football for a long time. Uh, from all accounts, uh, Quentin Wilson uh, looks to replace Drake Jackson at center. Quentin uh extremely intelligent you know man already yeah, graduated in three yeah. real smart guy so he fits that center mode played a lot of guard last year actually had a start or two uh, so it, it, you know quinn wilson is a very good football player if, if it ends up that he is the center i think kentucky's going it's just going to be passing the baton from jackson to wilson now uh i'm not comparing wilson to jackson yet because i think jack drake jackson in my opinion, is the best center that I've ever watched play at Kentucky. Those are big shoes to fill, but I think Quentin Wilson will fit in there nicely. Uh, but and then also, you know, you have other players that can play center. I mentioned Luke Fortner can play three positions, probably all five positions, but center, right tackle, uh quarterback are the three we've talked about so far. Uh, the next one is receiver. In my opinion. You have two starters right now. You have Josh Alley and Wandell Robinson. Allen Daly, I think, is right there uh because he he works extremely hard. He gives you everything he's got. And and he's going, I think he has a step up. Uh DeMarcus Harris played a lot last year as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I think he had 14, 15 catches.
1: He had he did some good things. He, he had a case down. of the drops. Yeah, yeah for a little was, while. He, so he
0: had a typical up and down freshman season. So you can't judge him on that. And then there's a there's a pack of them, from Cleveland Thomas, the veteran, all the way down to the early enrollee, Chauncey Magwood. In between that, you have Isaiah Epps. Even though he's been around a long time, he still has to prove himself. He played. Um,
1: he he surprised me last year, too, and I think he's going to have to keep surprising if he wants yeah, to he, play on the football yeah, field.
0: Yeah, he, he's not a player that, that you say, okay, that's a sure starter.
1: No, I mean, he, no. he's
0: going to have to earn that uh, same, you know, Cleveland Thomas been around a long time. It's time.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: Donut Drennan slashed a little bit. He's in that mix. Ernest Sanders, uh, Isaiah Cummings, uh, tay Crooms, Mark Stoops mentioned him. Mm-hmm. So there is a bunch of receivers that are going to have to, one or, or, or more than one, are going to have to separate from the pack now who would that be i don't know because there's some very skilled rookies coming in uh for the summer that
1: are capable so right now now is the time where they get all the shine and you've got to establish yourself near the top of the pecking order um because there's some dudes coming in now now there are uh, some guys going to be uh walk into a one spot no but this is the time to uh, – we, we talked about it previously. It's a nice little trout for – in front of your new offensive coordinator. Go make the most of it.
0: Yeah, because Cohen's going to have to make a decision at, during fall camp. Am I going to go with talent that's inexperienced or am I going to go with veterans that aren't as talented but have been around a while and, and have played the game? So, I think, you know, obviously the quarterback position is is the key but as the receivers go i think kentucky will go offensively because it's just not been there let's just be honest about it it's not been there in recent years uh, so very much a position to keep your eyes keep your eyes on is is the receivers because man it's if, if there's a bunch of them and that is also a position i think if if a player does not end spring practice in the two deep you could you could see some transfers out of that room Oh, you will. I'm fairly confident of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the last thing about spring practice for the offense, for the veterans, it's going to suck. I'm just going to get it out there because you have players, Darren Kennard, Chris Rodriguez, Jr., Luke Fordner, Josh Ali have proven themselves for many years on the game field. There's game tape on those guys excelling in the Southeastern conference. Normally, this would be a spring where they take a step back, they put in some work, and but let the let the rookies take over, right? Let the rookies get reps and see where they're at. But since Kentucky has a new offensive coordinator, they're not going to be able to waste reps like that. All the veterans mm-hmm. are going to have to get in there. Now, I do think there there will be a a pitch count on Rodriguez. They're not going to let him get hit. No, uh, you know, I mean he, he, he'll. He'll get some good looks with the offense, but you're not wanting to, you you don't want him to take unnecessary hits. But there are are going to be team periods where you're going to go ones on ones, and it's going to be full go live. And, and you know because Cohen's going to have to see what what he's got. What what are the what are the uh, uh, the tools that he has in the tool bag that he can use because you know to to enter summer to enter fall camp. So there's going to be a lot of live action with those ones for. For several of the players, it wouldn't be the case if there wasn't a new offensive
1: coordinator. Uh, and when I had a lengthy uh, conversation with Luke and uh, Max a few weeks back, Luke he kind of alluded to it, like, yeah, it's kind of weird, you know. I've got to, I've got to try. I mean, he didn't say it exactly, but it's like I kind of have to try hard again, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly. Just, it's you had your spot, now it's like you're you've got to go out there and prove it again.
0: Yeah, I mean, that even goes for, for the, you know, the surefire start, Justin Rigg, Keaton mm-hmm. Upshaw. You know, we've seen them. We've seen Darren Kennard. Darren Kennard's an All-American, top-returning offensive lineman in college football. Chris Rodriguez, top-returning running back in college football. Luke Fortner. I mean, these guys have proven themselves. But in order to establish timing and rhythm with that offense and to get a true evaluation, they're going to have to go full go, and that's something – that would not have been the case uh yeah. until the new offensive coordinator came around. Right, right. Um next item, Nick, this is non-UK related. Oh. A, a player that I absolutely loved in 2020 has hit the transfer portal. Keon Henry Brooks, running back from Vanderbilt. Oh yeah. Who I thought I thought was spectacular. That guy. Uh okay. one of the better, he better was so aggravating, Freddie one of the better all-purpose running backs in college football, in my opinion. Now he he wasn't on any lists or charts, but you know, this is the, uh, my my opinions are are weird. So um uh, that's a big time transfer in the SEC. And that also changed well I mean it's Vanderbilt. They that it changes then their trajectory. Yeah because he's their he best was player, a big right? percentage. Yeah he's their best player on the team. Now he's gone. Uh you know let's for kentucky's hopes you know hope it's not south carolina or or missouri or or a program i hope he hope he goes outside the conference because he's a player even he, even though he's at vanderbilt i was not looking forward to seeing him on the opposite side of the field
1: well i i am happy but also it makes you wonder like you know, I thought that Clark Lee edition at Vanderbilt, it made sense. It checked out the, the guy had a lot of success at Notre Dame. Maybe he could make a good culture there. Kind of striking that despite making what was seemingly the best hire possible, the Keon Henry Brooks is still like, eh, I'm out of here.
0: Yeah. And if you remember back when Derek Mason, you know, was first fired, you and I talked about it. And I said, Henry Brooks is gone. I mean, he, you know, he's gone. He, he's going to find a new home, and he's going to be a a star in college football. It'd be interesting where he goes. So, mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah. for uh,
0: hopefully, it's it's outside the SEC, right? Because right. I, I'm really not looking forward to seeing him uh, two more times. I mean, I think he's that dynamic. I think he's that good, Nick Rush. I mean, it's a name that people probably aren't familiar with unless you watch Vanderbilt. But but Keyon Henry Brooks, in my opinion. It was one of the better running backs in the conference uh, and I don't think it was close. Um last topic Nick Roush. I, recently on social media I've been I've been posting a lot of old pic pictures.
1: Oh, they're great marvelous pictures too. Yeah, uh
0: the reason about that I I'm, I'm not a glory days guy. I mean, I, I, that's not me. But there's you don't a like lot like Bruce talk. Springsteen no, a lot of talk about uniforms, you know, logos, etc. So, I, I'm a uniform buff, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I love studying, evaluating, and analyzing and comparing uniforms. So, what I did was, you know, during the era that I was UK, at UK, then, you know, about a 15, 20 year era, uniforms are virtually the same hmm. So I wanted to point out a few few nuances and a few trivia uh, questions per se, like the picture I put up of all American Oliver Barnett defensive and defensive tackle the last year that Kentucky had the cat paws t- cat paws stickers, which I think are beautiful, by the way,
1: pretty cool. I, I feel the, like the, the the using the stickers in general is kind of dying out of college football. I don't like it. it. Has it's like it has you got Brutus? Um, I guess Florida State still does it. Does Michigan Florida still State
0: do it? Michigan Florida State does it? Uh, Ohio State I can't. Ohio State Clemson does it. Does LSU? Does it. No, LSU never has. Georgia used okay. to.
1: Yeah, Georgia did the dog anymore. bones. They got rid of the yeah. dog bones. Oh, yeah, man.
0: So. Uh, the, the stickers, the merit stickers are, are, are dying out, yeah. but the last time Kentucky had merit stickers was 1989. And the player that had the most was Oliver Barnett with 60. So that's an interesting factor. That's why I put this picture up. <clears throat> and then Christian All, this is my annual Christian Ault deserves to be Ooh. in the UK Hall of Fame.
1: They all love this Brent every year, 462
0: tackles at Kentucky. The only player that has more tackles than Christian All is Jim Kovach, and he had over 500. Put it this way: we were talking about Mike Edwards being the best safety ever, and he he, he it took him into his senior year to get over 300 tackles, albeit a different position. Mm-hmm. But that that's that, that's a measuring stick there. 462 tackles is a number, Nick Rouse, that will never be surpassed ever.
1: No, no.
0: If you're if you're poised to get 462, you're going to the NFL as a junior and you're not going to get it.
1: Right? Right. right. So yeah.
0: that number will never, ever be topped. I think Christian is well deserving of the Hall of Fame and one of the best players to ever play at Kentucky, a retired state trooper. That is my Christian Alt for the Hall of Fame plug for now. And I'll get more into it as I as I go. But the reason I put his picture up was was, was I teammates of mine and guys that I know I still feel responsible for. Does that make sense?
1: I get it. You're uh you're a guy who is in the public that still is uh keeping their legacy alive where, you know, now when you think about to the good old days, everything seems to stop at Tim Couch. So you've got yeah. to be a voice out there singing those guys praises because if not, then nobody else will.
0: That that's, you just nailed it. That's why I do all that. It's not glory. I mean, I don't, you know, put pictures of myself out there. It's it's my teammates and and guys that I've known that and, and also highlights the information that is not publicly known about the uniforms. You know, I put the picture of Mark Higgs up there in the blue on blue. Now I was wrong about that. I thought that the tradition was for a very long time that blue on blue was worn at the first night game of the season. And I was corrected by Rick Toby, where uh, he was a manager uh, for many years at Kentucky that blue on blue was worn for home games during the months of October and November. So that was a tradition at Kentucky for many years. And then it just so happens I had a a picture of Mark Higgs and blue on blue. With Christian, the classic road uniforms for many years, Blue pants, white jersey. Obviously, the, the the white helmets with the with the two stripes. Now with the helmets, you know the power K was there from Kersey era all the way mm-hmm. through Claiborne. There were two stripes on the helmet, two blue stripes. Yes. In 1990, Bill Curry came in and changed that right. to one one stripe. So, but it changed it, then.
1: W- now wasn't there something where you could earn three strikes? Yes. No, you earn. could
0: earn you could earn a black outline of the that, cake.
1: That's what it was. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I knew there was something something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, the first two to ever earn that honor were Randy Holleran, who another in my opinion 400 plus tackle guy at UK is is worthy of the Hall of Fame and was a bad man. I mean, he, Melvin, we talked about Melvin Johnson, Randy Holleran would hit you so hard your grandmother wouldn't make biscuits for you the next morning. That's how hard he would hit you. And uh, Randy Hollering and Joey Couch were the first two to, to earn the black outline around the K. Now, eventually they went that look for everybody, but it, it used to have to be earned and Joey couch, Randy Holland was the first to, to earn those. So I, I'm a uniform kind of historian and, and I enjoy that, but that's the reason that I've been putting those out there for, for the, for the uniforms and also to bring light on players that I think are well-deserving uh, Oliver Barnett, Mark Higgs, uh, Randy Holler and Christian all and other guys that I've put out there. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel responsible. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. I have a, I have a platform, and, and I'm not going to stop uh, uh, promoting uh, my guys, and I'm not going to stop uh, bringing light uh, their contributions to the Kentucky football program because I think there's a there's a there's a era that is completely overlooked, and uh, it's I, I take it personally to to bring that light to to the fans. So that's why I do that
1: i uh you know we just kind of almost glaze over the power k that's what people like the most and freddie i think people as much as we love seeing on the helmets i think a lot of folks forgot what it looked like actually on the field too what made it a power k is the darn k went from 30 to 30 it was enormous (laughs) it was the entire field pretty much yeah i I always thought that was cool as a kid Um, yeah And it would be great if they busted, you know, the old school out for one night. I'm just in recent years, we we had the black uniforms for a while and then switched to the anthracite. Uh, You know, I I love the solution to the coal folks, but I think we can change up the anthracites. now. let's let's get a different alternate. It's been four or five years. Let's let's throw a different alternate out there. Yeah. And let
0: me be perfectly clear on this. And I differ from people on this the historians, the traditionalists, I differ from them. Kentucky is a football program right now that needs to have pizzazz with uniforms like it does, like the chrome helmets, like Mm -hmm. the different variations. I'm all for that because the players pick out the uniforms for the week. Uh, The uniforms are aimed at 16, 17, 18-year-old prospects. It's not aimed at my demographic. I am all for changing uniforms, uh, flashy. I'm all for what Kentucky does now. I think it's smart because Kentucky's not Alabama. Kentucky's not Clemson or Georgia that have those tradition uniforms that's been around for decades. Kentucky has changed uniforms so much. If you did a throwback, which area are you going to throw back to? The Brooks era, the mummy, the three-stripe pants and helmet mummy era? You're going to go back to the Claiborne Cursey era? I think you got to go. Two stripes, I, I think guess?
1: you got to go super old if you do a throwback because the, let's be honest, the couch and on are pretty similar. Uh, Jared's were actually probably the most boring, but it was just people were excited because they wore blue helmets for the first time.
0: I hate blue helmets. I, I hate blue helmets if they don't have a stripe.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and the, yeah, it also I goes like, back like to, do you know where their, their eyes are looking and all that stuff? Yeah. Too.
0: Yeah. That That's why. That's why. Yeah. Uh, that's why you have a stripe on the helmet because you get to see on film where the players' eyes are during their play. So that that's how all that got started. But yeah, um, but I'm a uniform buck man. But I, I think UK's flash and pizzazz and what they do now is exactly is perfect. And, and I'm all for Kentucky going all Oregon and doing all kinds of crazy stuff with the uniforms if it helps with recruiting, and it does. Uh, There's only a handful of programs in college football that can use one uniform and and stick to that for generations. Alabama is one that you you automatically think of. USC is one. Uh, Michigan. Clemson has had the same uniforms. Georgia, even though – uh, they changed up for a little bit. Georgia did, and, and people did not like that, and they went back to the traditional look. So, I'm all for what Kentucky does now, but I also want to show appreciation of, of past and history, and uh, and that's why I've been doing that, Nick Roush. Well,
1: we appreciate you doing, especially on a Throwback Thursday. That's why I had to throw up a picture of you on the Facebook page today, Freddie. Oh, really? I've not yeah. seen it. Yeah, had to
0: do it. Had to do it, huh?
1: Uh-huh. Uh, had to do it. Are you excited?
0: What what are you most excited about going into spring practice?
1: Uh just,
0: and we'll touch on defense next week, but I'll uh, just, just
1: just football um in a quarterback competition. It'll eventually get annoying at some point, but when it's brand new and it, it's fun, it's exciting. And right now we've only got two guys stealing the show. There's gonna be a third guy to inject even more juice into it this summer. So, I just I, – I love it. I absolutely love it. it, even though at times it can be like – in previous quarterback competitions, Freddie, they kind of annoyed me because I felt like there was one person that was obviously better than the others. This time, it really – the the margins between what will be all three, I think, are rather slim. Uh, and it's not like if one guy wins it, you're worried, like, oh, no. If he's winning, what does that mean about the rest of them kind of deal? Like, I – you know, no offense to like Gunner Hoke, but like that dude, he he was a fine backup, but he was not gonna be a starter in the SEC. That 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 was kind of where I was the last go-around where we had one. This time it's it's I'm genuinely excited to see what these guys can do in this offense.
0: I wanna see Wandale. I mean, I really do. That that's what I'm looking forward to the most is is watching Wandale and everything that he can bring to the team. Now, you know, obviously he won't be live on returns that that we get to see. And that's going to be a big part of his game is punt and kickoff return. But, uh, that's who I want to see this spring is Wondell Robinson. Uh, I mean, he's, he's shown flashes and obviously when you're finalist for the Hornick award, you're, you're, you're legit. I, I want to see that.
1: I know, but we're only going to get how many plays of him in the spring game. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Man, I know. and that's yeah. that's if we have a spring game, we still don't know when all of this stuff is is going down. So right,
0: we do yeah. know that March thirty first is pro day, though.
1: Yes, yes, which I'm excited for. Like you got some dudes. uh Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it last week, but every time it gets brought up, it's like, oh, the, I, I'm just I'm really excited for how high some of these guys are already ranked, and we haven't even gotten into the pro days and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this, the, the, the 2021 draft is going to be very kind to Kentucky. Very, very kind. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be exciting.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: When Nick fresh uh, I'm going to get back to relaxing with, with my cat, man. Okay.
1: Well, uh, cats, tell, are, it's,
0: cats are soothing. Did you know that? They're supposed to be good for your health. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Well, my dog can sometimes drive me nuts. So, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Da- Daisy's her name, right?
0: Daisy May. Yeah. Old Daisy. Daisy May. Yeah. Makes sense for
1: a Cats fan to have a cat, too. It, it does. <laughs> 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 it does. Who, who
0: are we playing basketball this weekend?
1: Uh, the Gators. Good for nothing Florida Gators. Where at? You know, as much as we hated basketball last week, I'm loving it now. Kicking the hell out of Tennessee. It'll It'll do that to you.
0: Oh, college basketball still stinks, but I'm glad that Kentucky – You know, look at the SEC right now. Who's good? Honest to God. Kentucky. Best team
1: team to ever play basketball.
0: (laughs) I don't know about all that, but who's good? Alabama is losing. You know, I mean, there's not a good team in the league. so It's going to make March Madness insane. It's going to make the SEC tournaments Uh very winnable for Kentucky. So we play Florida here or there? Here. 17-point win by the Cats.
1: Oh, love it. I love it, Freddie. And 17. I, I, I'm excited. I got the, the the March Madness juices flowing. Conference tournament's about to start. I'm going to be hanging out at KS Bar, just chowing down, throwing yep, down. Me this too. Be, it's going to be a great time.
0: Now, college basketball stinks, uh, you know, but I think the fact that it sucks this year is going to make the tournament that much better. Because anything can happen on any given right. day. Your I mean, guess. I was thinking, Zach, there's, you know, Baylor, I guess. I've not really watched them. But who else? So, it's going to make the tournament great. It's going to make the tournament great for drama, for intrigue, for interest. And I am also going to be at KS Bar, uh, probably writing about football. But I'll be there with my computer up watching basketball games. So, yeah, uh, I think we're all going to be doing that from time to time. So, Folks can come join us and hang out, eat chicken wings with us.
1: Oh man. Can't wait. Cannot wait.
0: All right, Nick Grouse. Well, listen, man, you have a a great weekend. Thank you for everybody that listened today. Hmm. And, uh, I hope you have a great weekend and get ready for that 17 point win over the Gators as we get closer to spring practice. So hopefully, uh, hopefully pretty soon the news will start coming out a little bit more from uh, the joe craft football training center and if so we'll have everything covered with me and, and and nick and adam luckett and then don't forget zach on the recruiting side he's doing a great job there make sure you're following him so he's talking for to listening. a lot of
1: guys from your neck of the woods too some some yeah some corbin guys got, uh, yeah yeah starting to grant bingham last week so so many okay.
0: I saw that Oklahoma Oklahoma's getting involved with Longmire from Corbin. So that, oh, man. That's, that's interesting.
1: Those that are wrenching things.
0: Yeah. From, from Corbin to Norman, that will be an interesting <laughs> move for Trevor Beyond. So, yeah. Oh. Keep, keep tuned. Keep listening. Thank you so much for listening. We sure do appreciate you. Stay safe out there. And uh, we'll talk next week.